Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. This is the Discipleship Podcast in Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MNBC in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, we encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MNBC. Um, we've got our usual uh, group here, Tim, Michelangeli, Scott Slater, Dave Arnold, Spencer Snow, and we are here walking through the Baptist faith and message. Um, we have been slowly but surely plotting our way um, through uh, this document, and we are now in uh, chapter 16 here uh, on peace and war, not war and peace. And so um, we are nearing the end of, of this document, and they, they have this statement put in there, and this is the statement of peace and war. It is the duty of Christians to seek peace with all men on principles of righteousness in accordance with the spirit and teachings of Christ. They should do all in their power to put an end to war. The true remedy for the war spirit is the gospel of our Lord. The supreme need of the world is the acceptance of his teachings in all the affairs of men and nations and the practical application of his law of love. Christian people throughout the world should pray for the reign of the Prince of Peace. So we are here talking about war, uh, peace, how we should uh, live as Christians um, in light of these these issues. So um, guys, any initial thoughts about this chapter 16? Um I guess one of the questions I always ask kind of with these, these things is why include a statement about peace and war in this document? Why, why should it be there? Um, what role does it play um, in the Baptist faith and message? I think that's a good question. I'd have to think it has to do with uh, when it was written. Right so, after World War One. Yeah, so that's probably why it's there. That'd yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was... It was in the 1925 version, mm-hmm. so it was part of the original in that sense. I think it's interesting, though. I think there's things that we can look at in this and apply to a more current-day situations, not just in war, but just principles of peace in that sense. I mean, think about the, the areas of our lives where people don't seem to be at peace, uh, but rather are constantly warring, that places like social media and relationships um, that we have with other people. And so, I mean, it's strangely applicable uh, to modern-day context mm. as well in that sense, yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. Even yeah. the game, Battleship, we've got to be careful with, you know. <laughs> That's why battleship I don't, I don't play that game. I play... Uh, I play, it teaches war principles yeah, that way. Yeah, no, I, I don't do that. I play mm. Peace Corps. Oh, okay. Um, Peace Corps. See, there's the key word, Peace. Yeah, Peace Corps. Um, yeah. I, I do think that, I mean, biblically, Jesus, you know, he said to Peter, you know, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. You know, there is this sense of, of we do need, we live in a, a war context. So we, there's always been wars, obviously. And so I do think context has a lot to, lot to do with it, you know, mm-hmm. that this is in there and being mindful of that, that we live in a, uh, in a world that there's constant, you know, violence and, and issues of war that are happening all around us. Yeah. I do think, um, yeah. And this is especially talking about, um, because we as, as Christians would believe the only people appropriate to wage war are those with, um, government authority governments are like, so mm-hmm. private individuals can't just go and wage war. That's called, 
that's uh, called just being a mob. Isn't that uh, what you guys do in the South all the time? Like Hatfields and McCoys, isn't it? I thought that was normal down there. <laughs> well, those are the patriarchs. <laughs> those are the patriarchs of families, and how are you going to defend your honor? Yeah, those are just I mean, wars. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they stole my whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, Tim makes fun of this, but yeah, he, my heritage again, has- <laughs> again, his heritage uh-huh. is, is Eastern Tennessee. <laughs> so, But it's also Italian, which is very um, that, mafia. Right, right. right. Yeah, they, yeah, don't, yeah. They, don't, they don't They don't. wage wars either, no, no, right? No, yeah. no, no. They're no, all not, four peace. Not the Sicilian peoples and <laughs> yeah, wherever you're from. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, this, I, I've got it. What did I break it down here? So I got responsibility and uh, remedy. Um, here is how I've broken it up, Tim. What you okay, you're giving me a face. I think this, this is, is your Italian. Uh, this is one of those topics that is just difficult because it's very complicated, but it also comes down. I, I guess I guess it'd have to be broke down into two sections, in my opinion. And may, tell me if you guys agree or disagree. The role of the church within peace and war. The role of the individual Christian within peace and war. Doesn't that have to be two categories? Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are distinct categories and it doesn't seem brought up and so what is this trying to address is this trying to address an individual or is this trying to address how churches within the southern baptist convention should conduct themselves within the church it says christians i know christian people generically yeah um at the same time i do think it's important to like the context is is significant when this was originally Mm -hmm. um written or placed in there in 1925 you have the world war one which was at the time called the great war yeah it was going to end them right right and it was the war to end all wars <laughs> um and there had been a uh, the league of nations which the u.s did not join um right after that and you had uh, you know woodrow wilson had been the president of the u.s during world war one and there was a very optimistic hope i think that we could um you know uh, bring about some change maybe or whatever and uh, so perhaps that also is influencing some of what this sentiment is, uh, because you think about a whole generation of French and German and English uh, young men has, has just died. And so maybe this is on the minds of, of mm-hmm. the people at the, uh, who uh, put together the original uh, Baptist faith and message. Now, it is true, and I, I'm stealing this from the uh, the Old Baptist Confession from 1689. It does say this, it is lawful for Christians to accept and execute the office of a magistrate. The office of, office of a magistrate is the office of any kind of government office entrusted with authority when called thereunto. In the management whereof, as they ought especially to maintain justice and peace, according to the wholesome laws of each kingdom and commonwealth, so that the so for that end they may lawfully now, under the New Testament, wage war upon just and necessary occasions. This is written because some of the Anabaptists and some others had argued Christians should never take any kind of government positions. It's sinful for a government or for a Christian to ever uh, be a, a governor or a, maybe even a soldier or any kind of take any kind of place in that. And also they said that government shouldn't wage war because Christians are only supposed to be people of peace. So you might have people like the peace churches today, like the modern day Amish or the Mennonites, uh, people like that who would um, 
oppose that I think would have questions about any kind of a just war. And this is saying, no, there is a place for war, just war for governments to wage that. And it is appropriate for Christians to be uh, work in the government. And also, I think another implication is it's appropriate for Christians to serve in the military. That's not a sin. Um, and so that was that that was at least in the past of what was emphasized. Um, and I think that's something we can all agree on. Um, is that it's not a sin for a Christian to partake in the military or to serve as a government uh, magistrate. And also, it's appropriate for governments at times to engage in war. Um, it's not a sin to, uh, to for a government to engage in just war, mm-hmm. warfare. Did the Quakers come out of this, too? They were, they were also— They were later passive. on. Oh, they were later on. Yeah, pacifists. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which has affected a lot of, like, even, like, some of the Northeast, you know, the Quaker areas. Right. Um, that has that had that mentality, right? And there were, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, it talks about the responsibility, and then we'll talk about the remedy. First of all, it says the responsibility. It says this: all Christians are to are obligated to seek peace on principles of righteousness. Um, Tim, what? How do we seek peace? <laughs> On and principles of righteousness. Of where is it in the New Testament when it says what we're supposed to be pondering and thinking about and being kind? It, it says this, right? Not to be thinking on these things, but to focus on these things, mm-hmm. uh, Scripture says. And it's, it's in Ephesians, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, I thought it was Philippians. It might be Philippians. It yeah. co- um, think about. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, that's it's somewhere in there. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Paul wrote it. Yeah, it's somewhere. <laughs> but that's kind of just what I think about. Um yeah, this is a tough topic for me, if I'm being honest, because of my own conscience, I guess, and what I would be able to do. I feel, you know, as a pastor, I don't feel I ever have to really talk much about the church, you know, from the pulpit, like, hey, this is a good thing. I don't think that's really the role of the church, necessarily, to get involved in. Um, maybe maybe sometimes, occasionally, but very rarely. <clears throat> But as an individual, I mean, I I struggle with that. I have great respect for our military and our government leaders and stuff, but I could never do it. I just couldn't be a. I couldn't do it because of conscience, you know. Um, hmm. And I, that's not me saying I look down on people who do. I that's not it at all. At you couldn't all. do what? Yeah, I'm I would confused. struggle one being a soldier because if I ever got called to war, if I think about like the world wars. And now I'm fighting against other Christians, potentially. Mm-hmm. That's hard. That's hard for me to think through. You know, and the funny thing is, though, that's this is what um, the doctrine of vocation is actually mysterious in all of this, because on the one hand, if you were in a uh, outside of your vocation as a soldier, it you're commanded to love those people. Right. But then, actually, if you are called upon by the government to fight in a war. It is a good work for you to fight in a war, even if you're fighting other Christians, because you're fulfilling your calling. And that's fine for you to say, but Paul also talks about a conscience where you could eat something mm -hmm. that would have been given to an idol, but your conscience bears that fine. But when my conscience doesn't bear it fine. Well, the the difference would be, and this is where the conscience thing is, it doesn't mean that it's, that would then need to be a rightly informed conscience um, as to whether or not, like... um, you know, so so the idea of conscience is just the fact that we need to understand what God's word tells the conscience to do. 
Um, the conscience by itself is not the end all decision for everything. It's the conscience informed by scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, because Paul does also say there is a right answer to this question about foods. Sure. For instance, there is a right answer. One is wrong and one is right. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, I mean, my, mine would go even deeper is like, to me, this is so vague. The just war thing is so vague because, you know, we, in our country, we always claim to have a just war. Every war we do, we're going to say is just and America fights for democracy and all this stuff. But then uh, years go by and documentaries are made and you see, ah, I think there were some backside things to the reasons for these wars, right? Sure. And I don't know. I'm not in that. And now you have soldiers who are ticked off because why are we there? Why are we doing this, right? And and so just saying, well, the government, I work for the government. The government told me to do it. I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying with vocation. That's mm-hmm. why I say this is very complicated and it's a tough thing. Uh, for me, that would be a struggle. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, if I was drafted and all that stuff, I'm going to do what I'm yeah. called to do as a as a citizen. Um, but just in making a choice, that was something that I thought about, you know, with like being a soldier. For me, even being president or being a government leader, I just think there are things that uh, – would be hard for me to put on the back burner that would then thus never get me elected. I mean, I would, I would never get elected uh, because I couldn't play that game. I would, I, there's no way I would be able to, to do it. And mm-hmm. um, from my limited scope of those jobs, the corruption and stuff that seems to be involved would be a struggle for me. And now don't, don't get me wrong. I, I'm sure there are things people could throw at me and say, but you do this. You know, you buy Starbucks coffee, which I don't, but you buy Starbucks coffee and look what they stand for, you know, or whatever. You bought it for the church. I did buy it for the church. You bought it for the church. You did. You're right. You're right. You're right. I did. You're right. right. And it's delicious. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just saying people could throw things at me, I'm sure, in other venues that would say, look, you're being a hypocrite. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I don't know. That's balancing all of this of of being a Christian living in a broken world and trying to navigate that and honor the Lord and everything I say and do and, and trying to be at peace uh, with others and people. Yeah, I, I think it is. I'm just trying to be honest and thinking about it. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I definitely see some Christians who it seems like you have a bloodlust, not a vocation. Mm, <laughs> that sure, you should be doing. Sure. You know, there's a, there's a problem here. I would say the same with some hunters. And when I see him hunting, it's like, I think you have a bloodlust. I don't know why. <laughs> I think this is sinful, the approach that you're taking mm-hmm, with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just want, you know, complicated and difficult for me in my mm-hmm. head to wrap around. That stuff would be uh, be hard for me, me personally, mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. That's so, all. Yeah. So it says that we are to seek peace, though, with all men. Um yeah, it's it's definitely stating like war should be last scenario. It seems like that's what the what it's trying to say. We as Christians want to be at peace with all men because that's what Scripture says. But and so we we strive to do that, right? We especially in our freedoms that we're given in Christ. I think we have the ability to do that to be at peace uh, with all men. You know, so so the I don't know the the place. Uh, that is full of sin, and I'm obvious. It's obvious. I don't necessarily have to go to war with that owner of that business. Right? Well, and I don't think that's what this is. I mean, it says seek peace with the men, but I also don't want to get too far away from the the. This seems to be very specific about 
capital W war, not simply just metaphorical or, you know, lesser forms of, of friction with society. This, this section specifically seems to be talking about international, like war between countries. That's what really seems to be highlighting. I mean, there's the, there's the general principle because then the next thing it says that we are, we are commanded to um, try to put an end to war. Yeah, That's so what I'm saying says, is like, and in, in I'm never going to have the opportunity to go talk to Vladimir Putin and try to figure out what's sure. going on in Russia. But I think as Christians in general, as we think about him and his war, whether you think it's just or, or unjust, right, there's, there's a freedom within my Christian belief that I can still seek peace with people of that nature. I'm not, again, I'm never going to have the opportunity to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to have the, have the right to do that. And again, I take a different stance maybe from others. I'm not striving for America to be a Christian nation. I don't know if it's the church's job to push for that even and to try to then go propagate those ideals around the world. I think that's the job of the church to do that mission work and to propagate the ideals of Christ around the world. But I don't know if we need to use America as the conduit to it. So I, I, I guess I would want to ask the original writers, I guess. Like, I don't know. How do I do that? I don't how know. do I seek peace with... Uh, Germany during World War II as an individual. I don't, I don't know. How I to, think I, that's a very valid question. I don't have that possibility. I don't have that right. And that goes to kind of what you were talking about with vocation is like, I, I don't have, I'm not going to cross the front lines and say, Hey, you guys want to call this off real quick <laughs> <laughs> as a Christian? I think we should, aren't you, are you guys Lutheran? No. Okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, maybe we should call this off. No, I don't have that right. I don't have that right. privilege. So I, I, I don't honestly, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it's asking me to do. So, Scott, Is that bring fair? some clarity. Well, I think, I mean, the bringing in the, the conversation of just war, I mean, that, that definitely is confusing. People have different views on that. And so I think I think you're, you're just bringing something into the conversation, Tim, that's probably true for everyone. But I think the thing that we can say is when this says that it's the responsibility or all Christians are obligated to seek peace on principles of righteousness, I mean, that's a very clear principle from Scripture. I mean, that, that's true. Um, and so I was reading Romans 12, says in verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of many examples uh, where we're commanded to seek peace. Um, so I, I think the principle here, I, um, what you're saying, Spencer, I definitely agree with. There's a context in which the BFNM was written mm-hmm. in 1925. That was a war like the world had never seen before, right? It had, it was shocking to see, and it's crazy to think that like what happened in that war was nothing compared to what was about mm-hmm. to happen in the next one. True, um, and so that's that's a big, mm-hmm. that's a I'm sure that was a big motivation to have it. But um, even back in 1689, there were still contextual reasons to say something about this, um, and you know even if it was in a different way. But I, um, so. That's why I think that's why I brought up why I think it's interesting that you can't forget the reason probably why this was written in the first place, but there's principles in it and there's things that we see there that are applicable to our own day today uh, because I see a lot of people's first knee-jerk reaction in a tense situation is not to seek peace, but it's to provoke, it's to avenge themselves, it's to seek justice when 
what we're commanded to do is seek peace and leave vengeance to the Lord. Well, that's, but that is an individual thing. Well, this, I know. That's I what know. I'm saying. I want to be yeah. careful though, because right after he says, leave vengeance to the Lord, and then he tells us how the Lord oftentimes carries out vengeance and mm-hmm. that's through government. Mm-hmm. And that's for me where I'll be honest, this thing kind of, this section is, seems to me to really mix the government and the individual Christians roles. They're kind of blurred. Yeah. And that's where I feel like, as an individual, I, you're exactly right in Romans 12. I'm not to seek vengeance, but the office of the magistrate of the government is called upon to execute justice as best he can. Mm-hmm. And there are bad governments. There are governments that can, that can um, you know, uh, execute just unjust wars. But that doesn't mean that there's still not governments right. doing that. And I think that for me, I guess, if I could say one critique about this section, it seems to be very blurry. That's it, why I brought up, I don't think America should be the conduit for Christian ideals. And mm-hmm. I think I'm going along with what you're getting at here. It is. It seems to be very blurry. And and sadly, I this would be one of my biggest critiques of Southern Baptist life is how blurry it is between government mm-hmm. and the role of the church. I feel like we put it a big push. Uh, decades ago to really get involved in the government and to uplift governmental figures and almost almost idolize them to a to a point to where we wanted to infiltrate America and turn America back to this Christian nation like mm-hmm. that became our goal while also talking about evangelism to other countries and things and it mm-hmm. it for me it's become blurry and you see that here like you're saying it and I I agree with you of that's it, what makes this such a hard one is yeah. that's the government's job to declare that war. Mm-hmm. Right. I, yeah. And I, it's not the church's, it's not the church's job. I mean, I think, I think as churches, we would look at like the crusades and stuff and be like, Ooh, that was not a good, not good. Yeah. For us. No, yeah. it was not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, there's probably a mixture, uh, uh as usual with yeah. a lot of these things. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I also think, um, it's kind of a very broad statement. I mean, in accordance, they should do all they can to put an end to war. There's a sense in which I can say yes to that statement because war is a bad thing. Uh, but also war is a, a, a tool in God's hand. I mean, again, the one of the one of the ways we often see it from our perspective is World War II, where war was used to um, end a certain evil. Uh, there were other evils that were allowed to continue on um, in the world, but um, with Nazi Germany, right? So, I don't should we have should we have called for an end to that war, or should we have said we need to prosecute that war? Well, I mean, you know I what think, I mean. I guess I mean when you study, I just history, think it's kind of a complex well, it's, it's issue. Interesting. Like you bringing it up, it's interesting in the. We have this little booklet that we've used, and I've referenced at least this commentary that was put out by the faculty of Southern Seminary. And one of the things they discuss in there is that, like, when when it's talking about uh, it is the duty of Christians to seek peace with all men on principles of righteousness. Yeah, that idea of principles of righteousness is 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 understood as like when there is unrighteousness happening, when there is evil happening in the world, seeking peace includes putting an end to that mm. putting an end to this unrighteousness that's happening so like the the genocide of the jews yeah, right that is that is unrighteous right. and that an, an end needs sure so like at least what they were that's yeah. what was put down in here so sure. people that have thought about it some of the people who wrote it that's how they were interpreting yeah this iteration of it which right. is fine again but man i uh there's unrighteousness everywhere 
And so when does it become just to go and fight a war over the injustice that's happening? And, you know, when I, again, I, I would, I didn't live during world war two. I, I'm not the biggest researcher of world war two, but it does seem like America entered it really late. I don't know all the reasons for that. It seems like over in Britain, when it was going on, the prime minister before Winston Churchill, what was his name, Neville or Neville Chamberlain, he tried to not have a war. Right? Yeah. He he tried everything to like let's make peace here, um, and it just wasn't going to happen. So right. it seems like, but that was government work. The government, it, yeah, to me, from when I look at it, like was trying hard because they knew people were going to die and a lot of people were going to die sure. to avoid the war. Now, what to me, the question is, what is the role of the church during that time? Because that's what this should be addressing, the Baptist faith and message, not the government's role. Uh, I hope the government will do the right thing. I want them to do the right thing and and not quickly go to war. Mm-hmm. But that, I'm not talking about a Christian organization. I think one of the things that. this highlights and this is uh, this is an important point is that oftentimes our pol- the political solutions oftentimes put forward by Christians or people that are saying this should be the Christian perspective. The world is much more complex, yeah, for sure. And I think that's one of the great dangers with um, trying to say this is the only Christian perspective. Right now, I can have my perspective as an uh, me myself and try to process. And I actually think I am called. There doesn't mean you jettison all of your biblical morals or like the Ten Commandments or certain principles. Like for instance, it is a general maxim that we are to. Uh, we should we should see war not as a good thing, but if it happens and it has to happen as a sad thing, that's a sad reality in a fallen world. We should never rejoice about that. I think that would be something we could always say to a Christian. But the reality is, is there is no there are no easy uh, answers, and also no one's ever going to do it perfectly in this world. No <clears throat> government is ever going to get it one hundred percent right. Um, we're going to always mess it up. And I think that's one of the great things that, I mean, at least something that I'm think thinking about whenever I hear this, this statement honestly is it's a warning that there's, there's no easy answers yeah. to this. Mm-hmm. And we just have to tr- realize we're just pilgrims in this world heading to the next one. Um, yeah. And this study guide uh, here, the Baptist faith and message book, in this section, seek peace with all men. It it basically says pacifism is wrong, and so it talks about that for a little bit of why that just can't be. And and you can see that I think even scripturally, we see war in the Old Testament. We know of of wars, right? Uh, we know that we are in a war. Paul says a sure. spiritual battle that takes place, mm-hmm. but Christ is the victor who will come and destroy all of his enemies, right? right. So we we see this. We can't. So we can't necessarily say God's against all war. Right. Uh, no, actually, God's a winner of the war. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that's yeah. that's how that's going to happen and take place. Um, but then it goes on this section just to talk about just war, and it defines what that is and the criteria mm-hmm. of a of a just war. And again, it's pretty vague because I think it is it is vague. And the, and as you were saying, Spencer, it just points to the complications of it. It is so complicated, and this is where I think the churches and Christians can be of value in this. And just politically and in governmental stuff. I think at times we like to take stances that are so hard and we don't really have all the information. You know, when a war happens, 
it seems like sometimes Christians will jump right on board instantly or they'll be instantly against it. And it's like, you don't know all the discussions that have taken place. You don't know what our government tried to do to avoid this war. You know, you're saying we shouldn't be going to this war. How do you know that for the last eight years they haven't been trying their best to avoid this war behind the scenes? You you don't know that. You don't you don't know international relations and in, in affairs. Right? You're not in these meetings. You don't know all this stuff, but you're sitting here acting like it and you're making these bold declarations and statements and maybe you should be careful. Maybe instead you should be seeking peace with other people here instead of being so divisive with this. You know, and I I think that's then where we can as individuals have a role a little bit in this of trusting our government the best we can, yeah. I'm I'm not saying don't ever stand up when they're wrong. I'm not I'm not trying to say that. Just understanding that it's a lot bigger. Mm-hmm than you i mean you could even narrow that down to family decisions that families make you know and you're getting all mad at them for this it's like you're not part of that family you don't know everything that's going on you don't know the struggles they've been facing the things they've been dealing with why don't you just try to be kind try to live at peace with all men do that the best of your ability that you can your neighbors the people within church especially the people within church mm-hmm. i would say right that's what we can control and what we can what we can handle. And sadly, I don't think we're always very good at that. We like to put our opinions out there. And at least for me, it's a very limited opinion because Mm -hmm. I'm, I'll be honest. I don't go to town hall meetings. You know, I I don't go to any of this stuff. I don't watch the news that much. I'm not extremely informed. And those people who are like, well, I'm super informed. Like where do you get your information? The guy on YouTube. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook news. (laughs) It's like, okay, yep. You're really informed, you know, and I don't, I think that that plays into some of this with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does say at the very end, it says, we, so we got a responsibility. It talks about there, but it says the true remedy for the war spirit is the gospel. And um, there is a truth that um, as the gospel, as the gospel uh, saves the, uh, the souls of individuals, it should bear fruit in uh, the lives of, of people. There is a, uh, there is definitely a, a difference in a society that uh, has a, um, at least a, a Christian past, even, even today. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be grateful for the fruit that, that happens in an external righteousness way, which is actually, I think, a very good thing. It makes, it makes we're still living off uh, the last fumes of, uh, of Christendom, I think, in a sense, in America. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I would, I would welcome more of those fumes <laughs> for, yeah. for our country and for the Western world. Sure. Um, uh, so um, I just think that w- the gospel we do want it to save individual souls, but also the gospel's morals, uh, broadly speaking, do also, um, they do create a, a, a better world. It is a better place to live whenever, for instance, people can't just come around and steal things from you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a better place to live than, generally speaking, than, than where it, it's just not enforced um, or, yeah. or where marriage is held in a higher regard than when it's not. I mean, that makes a, a civil society better. It doesn't mean you get saved automatically by that, but it does make it a, a lot better. Um, and I think actually we should, we should not, uh, we should be thankful for that as well. Yeah. So I try to remember like Paul, 
when soldiers were saved, never said, all right, you can't be a soldier anymore. That, nope. didn't, that didn't happen. Well, John the Baptist Remember? dealt with this exactly. Yeah. Whenever people were baptized and soldiers came to him and said, what should we do? And he said, uh, basically be content with your wages. Mm -hmm. And um, he never told them, yeah, you need to get out of the Roman army. Right. Uh, yeah. No. And Cornelius. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Cornelius or the centurion. I mean, yeah, you've got all these people that are saved. Yeah. Um, Zealot. You know, Simon yeah. was out. Yeah, Simon was a... He was a war... He was a religious extremist. Talk about bloodlust, you know. Yeah, <laughs> he was a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. really was a, a right-wing terrorist, mm -hmm. um, the zealots were. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I think this is something where, honestly, I think this is something we could do more reflection on as mm -hmm. Christians, in, especially in the United States, um, is a better reflection of... Uh, our, our relationship as individual Christians to the state, um, but also the complexity of issues. I think just being and what it actually should do is instead of giving us a platform of things to to uh, an agenda, it should actually in some ways just help us to uh, maybe be more humble, but, I'm, yeah. but but still be involved, but still also realize there's. There's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all solution for any of this. And I also want us to remember, maybe you guys can help me articulate this well or better than I'm going to, but just the separation of church and state and not the state getting into my affairs as the church, but us getting into theirs and how that really should play out and really think through. Because That's like the we, next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Religious liberty. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, but what we were talking about here, Spencer, where for you and me, at least, I don't know how the other two felt. They didn't say particularly, but how this just felt a little. Oh, they're trying to be peaceful, talking, yeah. so I couldn't. They're, they're just trying to be at peace with us. Yeah, just, but how it felt a We're little militant, peaceful people. <laughs> how it felt a little murky of yeah, government sure. or church mixture, and uh, I I want those waters to be clear. You know, yeah. and I I think we said this before in the podcast, but that uh, the film The Patriot. Remember, and the minister is like preaching the gospel. He has a Sunday yeah, service, but he changes his clothes. Yeah, and it wasn't about like recruiting people for the war. Right. He's like, that's not my role. But then service was over. Mm -hmm. Service got all done. Church was over, and he takes his garments off as the pastor mm -hmm. and puts his soldier uniform. And now he goes and fights for his right, country. Right. And there's a separation. You know, he wasn't standing in the pulpit like recruiting. Right. He wasn't doing any of that. It's like no. As the church, we preach the gospel, and that's what we're here to do. Mm -hmm. But now as an individual Christian and as a citizen of this country, I'm putting on the garment. I'm going to go fight yes. for my country. Yes. And that's not a bad thing. Right. Right. But there's this separation. And we just, yeah, I want that to be there. <laughs> yeah. And it, because it's freeing for us. Right. To have that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, while that's so true, the reason why I think statements like this are murky and even though we want them to be clear, they rarely will be, is because even though we want there to be a separation, there can be a separation when we talk about the official organization of our church and the functioning of our church. But the reason that they're always going to intersect is because you are a member of our church and a member of the society. Mm -hmm. And your church is filled with Christians who are also citizens. And that's why it's always going to be murky. Um, so that's, that's all I got. Yeah. It's going to be brackish. Yeah. Like brackish water where I saw that dolphin. Yeah. I would just say to that, then maybe we shouldn't make a statement on it. If it's going to be that murky. Yeah. Because I want statements like the Trinity, mm -hmm. who Jesus is, salvation. Clear. They're very clear. Yeah. Like, let's make these statements. 
if it has to be super murky, maybe we should think about making it an official statement then. That, that's all because to me, if it's going to be an official statement, then it's something we stand on yeah. and we kick people out for and we include them in for. Yeah. Well, I think the only thing that this has made clear statements on are things that are clear in Scripture. And this kind of came up in the last episode that we did of like, these things are clear. Like, it's pretty clear, like you as a Christian, which this says, it's the duty of Christians to seek peace. That's a clear command in Scripture in multiple places. Um, and we've already said, like, it's also pretty clear, like, we should never desire war. That's pretty clear, too. But what this doesn't spell out is, how is that pursued? How do we do that? Right? So I think it is pretty clear on the things that we can be clear on. The all, all, I feel like all the conversation we've had here of, like, well, this is murky, this is difficult, that's because those things aren't spelled out. Absolutely. Well, I think what's murky is after that, in accordance with the spirit and teachings of Christ, they should do all in their power to put an end to war. That's what's murky to me. That's not clear. I mean, the first statement you said, yes, it is the duty of Christians to seek peace with all men. The principles of righteousness. Okay. Well, you should also seek to end all war. Be like, well, I don't know where it says that specifically. Uh, But and then what is that? That's what makes it murky because that's where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't I don't have much of power to do that. As an individual, but I um, now I feel guilty because yeah. I, am I doing everything to be, that? That's the murkiness, I guess. Sure. Uh, in there, that I'm like, well, I don't know why it's there then. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. There you go. I signed it. So there you go. You <laughs> signed it. I mean, I'm a Southern Baptist, so Baptist faith and message is part of our statement of faith. Mm-hmm. I became a member here, so I essentially signed it. Essentially signed it. You closely identified with it. <laughs> That's what you did. You didn't you sign made it. peace with it. Yeah, I closely yeah, identified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You closely identified. That is the wordage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You closely identified with it. Yeah, yeah. There's an interesting discussion going on about that because yes. the last, yeah. Yeah. the last annual meeting. Yeah, yep. yeah. You're a right. good discussion that needs to happen. Yes, yeah. I agree. Maybe it will create peace. Yes. Hopefully. That's not, what we hope for. War. Or war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what we hope for. Or the half of the McCoys are coming out for yeah. real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next week we'll talk about religious liberty, and uh, that should be a, a good discussion. Um, so be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless.